How do you get back on track mentally after being consistent but falling off because life threw a ton of curveballs at me? What are some easy dinner ideas for a breastfeeding mama who's always hungry but wants to lose weight? And can you share some tips for setting a workout schedule when my one-year-old isn't sleeping through the night yet? Okay, these are all getting answered today in this insider peek into a Tough Love Mom Squad Q&A. Let's go. Hey mama, welcome to the Tough Love Mom Podcast. I know you're here because you're ready to get consistent and finally lose that weight and you're not afraid of a little tough love. You know what to do to lose weight, but following through on those things feels impossible. You wish you could just feel like your strong, confident self again and want to be a good example for your little ones, but you get thrown off by mom guilt and the unpredictability of motherhood. It's frustrating. Taking on your journey postpartum is hard, but it's not impossible. Hey, I'm Liz and I've been where you are. I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancies. 90 pounds and then 60 pounds. I needed to lose that weight to take control of my health and honestly just wanted to feel like myself again. With a sustainable approach to weight loss, simple consistency, and working on my mindset, I lost it all in just over a year both times, and I'm here to help you do the same. I believe that we have an ingrained ability to figure out what we need to do, make it happen, and do it in a way that awes the world. If you're ready to stop falling off the wagon, create solid routine and healthy habits, and finally feel your best inside and out, all while enjoying dino nuggets on your salad, you are in the right place. We're about to transform your journey, my friend. Get pumped up. It is tough love time. Throughout this upcoming year, I'm doing Q&As in the Tough Love Mom Squad, which is our Facebook community for listeners of the podcast. Go join if you're not in there. But these questions that I'm going to be answering today were from some of our recent Q&As spanning topics of weight loss, schedules, and faith. I open them up. I open up these Q&As for any topic, and it's honestly the best place to get feedback from myself and other moms who are in the same boat in the same season as you. Like you're not just getting my input there. You're not just getting the input from one influencer on Instagram and their little Q and A's. You are getting answers from other moms as well. So make sure that if you're not in there, you join, just go to the toughlovemomsquad.com. You'll be directed to our group, answer a couple questions and get your booty in there. So you don't miss the next Q and A. And yes, the, the questions, like, although I'm bringing this to the podcast a few weeks later, these questions get answered within like 24, 48 hours of being asked for the Q&A. I'm just elaborating a little bit here and bringing you an insight into what it looks like within the Tough Love Mom Squad. So let's get going. The first question is, what's the best way to get back on track mentally? I was doing well but I fell off and was kind of back and forth all summer with consistency. Life kept throwing curveballs, And now it's been months since I've intentionally worked out. I've done some hikes, but that's just out of necessity because of where we live, not because I set out to do it. I keep getting some new life circumstance thrown at me and it just takes over. So my answer to this, because that's a lot of the times we have seasons where, like she said, curveballs come, life gets thrown at you and it's frustrating. So what I answered to her, and I'm going to elaborate a little bit here is I similarly, not, not the same type of circumstances. I personally don't even know what these circumstances were, but, um, I came out of 
albeit a shorter season, but still very similar feelings post move of like, okay, life is taking over. I feel kind of overwhelmed. I don't know how I'm prioritizing my health right now because I feel like my mental capacity is all being put towards something else. Now for me, what I did and what I think is best to do in this situation in general is to cultivate follow through with what you say you'll do in like all areas, not just your workouts, not just your nutrition, but in everything. Like if you say, Hey, I'm going to the grocery store and I'll be quick, be quick. You know, don't sit in the parking lot for five minutes. Don't sit in the garage or the driveway for five minutes, just like decompressing, like get in, get out, follow through on what you say you'll do. If you do want to get more consistent working out, pick a number of workouts a week that is doable, but a slight stretch. So like in these circumstances, I would say three to four workouts sounds about right. She said she's not really intentionally working out. Hasn't been for months. She'll do some hikes, which I mean, man, if she can hike this time of year, go for it. That sounds awesome to do. And, you know, just like pick up the pace and pick some harder routes, but decide exactly what workouts they'll be. There's great free ones on YouTube and then just do it. You have to pick and decide. It's called pre-decision. And I think it's one of the best things we can do when we're in seasons like this, that we're frustrated and we're overwhelmed and life's getting the best of us is making a decision ahead of time and then following through on that. What it does is build back that feeling of confidence in what you're doing so fast. And you, you start to believe, oh yeah, I can be consistent. Even if you're not like, you know, five, six days a week consistent, like you used to be, even if it's only three days a week, you're following through on what you plan to do. It will build that confidence and that consistency will come back a little bit easier than if you just try to white knuckle it. So that's my response there. And I also just want to encourage this mom, which I, I did speaking with her in our tough love mom squad, but for anyone else who's facing this, um, it's so common to go through again, those ebbs and flows of different seasons and how they're affecting us mentally. So again, bring it back to something realistic and doable. Even if it's not your ideal, like I said, after I moved, we, I like for a couple of weeks, I was just working out three days a week. That is like super not ideal for me. I don't even I was like frustrated in the midst of that, but I knew it was realistic. And so do what you need to for a short season until you can build on that and just follow through on what you plan. Don't overstretch yourself just because you think you should not worth it. Not worth it. You're just going to add to the frustration. Okay. Next question that came in was, can you share some easy dinner ideas for nursing moms who are always hungry, but still want to lose weight? Oh man. I remember those days like it was yesterday. So When it comes to meals and just nutrition in general, you want to have a balance of macronutrients. The main macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, healthy fats. And if you just do a quick Google search of what types of foods fall under those categories, boom, perfect. You got it. Mix and match. It's great to have at least two paired together for snacks and meals. It's great to have all three at your meals, though, the main times that you eat. Now, I think what's most important for nursing moms is to listen to your hunger cues while you're eating, like while you're consuming food chew your food, don't try to scarf it down, which I know is way easier said than done when you're a mom of a little one who is breastfeeding because the demands are high. Um, man, the demands are high on all moms. Try not to scarf down your food, like try to eat slow when you have the opportunities, it will help a lot. Um, but listen to your hunger cues while you're eating. And I know, man, I know I say that and it's like, Liz, so much easier to say than do. I know. 
feel you. I don't sit down for lunch most days, and that's just like the way our days go. <laughs> so I feel ya. Oh, I don't even know I always said that. But listen to your hunger cues while you're eating. That way you can tune into, okay, I'm getting full. I'm going to stop now instead of just like constantly every single time you eat scarfing down food. And then another huge piece of this puzzle with you know, breastfeeding, but still wanting to lose weight is having healthy portion sizes. And it does go back to that balance of macronutrients. Like if you're just having carbs all day long, carbs are not bad. They're not like eat them, please. But if you're only having carbs and you're not having a ton of protein and you're not having a ton of healthy fats, or you're having like a ton of healthy fats and really no protein and really not a lot of carbohydrates, you know, your weight will fluctuate. You might gain weight you might plateau. You really want to have that balance of the three, not only for your energy levels, your milk production, your ability to lose weight, but all of those things combined are affected by all three of those. So portion sizes, balance macronutrients, and tuning into your hunger cues while you're eating. Um, Some of my go-to meals that honestly I still make, I think whenever you hear the phrase like go-to meals or easy recipes, I think we need those at all stages of motherhood, but I totally get why when you're nursing, you want specific, uh, like easy to make ones. But I mean, I am over two years postpartum from my last child and I still want easy meals. <laughs> so my go-tos still are sheet pan meals, which is literally, I like to do chicken sausage, like an Italian chicken sausage with a zucchini. Sometimes I'll throw in carrots or, uh, sweet potatoes, different types of squashes, but a sheet pan meal is literally like chicken sausage, some vegetables, And I will do like the 90 second rice in the microwave and pair it with that. So I've got a good combination of those. There's a lot of fiber from the vegetables. Um, Awesome meal. I also, and I um, cook it, I toss all the vegetables in olive oil, like a decent amount of olive oil in a really awesome seasoning combination. So that's one of my favorite meals. I also love making teriyaki meatballs. Uh, I like to do green beans with meatballs. Um, And what do I put with that? I use like a a teriyaki sauce, obviously, and some rice. Anything in the slow cooker with a side of veggies, quality. And y'all hear me talk about this a lot, but I love quiche. (laughs) You can throw vegetables in there. You can throw cheese in there. It's chock full of protein because of the eggs. So again, all of those have great combinations of macronutrients. I love always putting a side of vegetables with what I'm eating because they do fill you up. They're usually really fiber filled and really awesome for you. And that's essential with giving your body the fuel it needs and not eating these empty calories that are just going to leave you hungry again in an hour. Um, I think what can cause that other than the fact that you're expending more calories by producing breast milk and, you know, just taking care of kids, you're also needing to balance those macronutrients a lot. And we can be left a lot more hungry when we're not, we're not pairing those together. So that is my suggestion there. Next question is, do you have tips for setting a workout schedule when my one-year-old isn't sleeping through the night? Well, um, I will start off with this is don't do it before the baby gets up. Don't try to get up super early in the morning because if you're not sleeping through the night, it is not worth it. Now there are people out there who can function on less than seven hours of sleep but it is a fraction of a fraction of the population that can function on like four or five hours of sleep literally every single night. There are not many people in that boat. Um, and you're probably not one of them. No offense, but 
there are very few people who can function like that. So when you have broken sleep, like you do right now, your baby's waking up, I do not advise making your workout an early morning workout, trying to get up before the kids, not worth it. It's unsustainable. Now, if you're, it's your only option, you know, it's a season, I guess white knuckle it out. But if you have that flexibility to not work out first thing in the morning and sacrifice that much sleep for that long, don't. I personally waited until my boys slept through the night to start getting up before them on purpose. Like there were still days that I would get up before them coincidentally, but I was usually waking up when my body needed to, or when they would wake up. And I did that until they started sleeping through the night. My firstborn, I think he was about like nine months old when he started sleeping through the night. And it was literally the first night we put him in his own room, started sleeping through the night. We don't sleep train really. (laughs) I was just like, oh, well, we should have done that earlier. Our second was not the same story. He did not sleep through the night until he was 14 months old. Um, And when we tried to move into his own room, it was not pretty. (laughs) I was still going in there. So mm, honestly, I didn't, like I said, I did not start until they did start sleeping through the night. I said, okay, this is like, this is when I can tackle the stepping stone now of, you know, going to sleep at a decent time so I can wake up earlier and get my workout done first thing instead of trying to work out with them. And I, for, I mean, obviously for over a year after my second was born, worked out with both kids almost every single day because my husband was deployed a big chunk of my, of our second borns, uh, first year. And I just didn't have another option. He wasn't sleeping through the night, wasn't willing to sacrifice that sleep for for that long. So I did what I had to. So honestly, wherever a workout fits best in your schedule without sacrificing that sleep is where you should do it. And often, unfortunately, that will change week to week in the season that you're in. It just will. There would be weeks I would do it at 9 a.m. with both kids. And then there would be weeks that I would have to do it during nap time with, you know, my baby because he was still taking two naps, but my firstborn was only taking one. I mean, it was all over the place. So be more responsive, be aware of like, okay, what are the needs of everyone around me? How can I make this work and stay consistent considering their schedules and my desires when it comes to working out? It's hard, but it's also a season and seasons come to an end and new ones start. So and it's guaranteed. It is guaranteed. There's way more on this in episode 42 of the podcast. So I'll link that in the show notes. You can go listen to it. If you're facing this and you're like, okay, I need a workout schedule. My one-year-old's not sleeping. My baby, whatever age is not sleeping through the night, but I want to be consistent. Episode 42 is gold. So go listen to that next. If you've never listened to it, or if you need a refresher and the next question, it would be interesting to hear more about the progression of intensity of workouts for postpartum moms, like general ideas for things to do three months, five months, seven months, postpartum, et cetera. So she was just kind of saying, you know, where, where might it fit to get more intense with my workouts? So practically, um, you're going to start lower intensity and as you're consistent, you're going to progress that. So intensity, and that's just, I think something we need to caveat all of this with intensity can come in multiple forms. It is so important to consider that as well. Actual heart rate, like while you're exercising is I think what we usually think of first when it comes to intensity. It's like, okay, how hard is my heart beating? How much am I sweating? That's often what I think we equate intensity to just, you know, instinctually, but other types of intensity to consider with your workouts are movements, 
like the actual exercises you're doing within a workout, because every exercise will have a progression and a regression or a modification, whatever word you use. So doing workouts early on, like those first few months, two months, three months, four months postpartum might be all regressions or modifications. And as you progress, as you gain strength, as you heal, you can get into those basic movements and then down the road, progress it. And I can't tell you at this point, you'll be here. And at this point, you'll be able to do regular exercises because every mom is so different in her healing process. And when she gets started back in her journey in how her body was affected by pregnancy, so nuanced. So I can't give you an exact timeline for that, but that would be the trajectory for movements. Another form of intensity is the length of your workouts. You, if you've been around for any amount of time, you know that I started off with like 20 to 30 minutes postpartum four ish days a week. And the first thing I built up was how many days a week I was working out. So I went to five and after getting five days a week down, I decided to up it to like 30 to 40 minutes of exercise. So again, the length of your workout is also a form of intensity. And then lastly, different types of workouts can differ in intensity as well, especially considering the impact that it has on your body. Um, again, this also factors in movements and progressions and regressions of different exercises. I don't want to get too technical, but basically intensity comes in many forms. And so you have to consider all of those and where you're at. Personally, I think lighter exercise, things that are going to rebuild your core strength, are great to start with when I'm talking about types of workouts in those early phases. Um, I think strength is something that should be worked in throughout all stages. It should never be given up. It's not like, Hey, now you want to go run a half marathon. So I'm going to give up cross training and never lift a weight. And I'm only going to go run. Like that's not healthy. That's not good for your body. You do need to cross train. This is coming from someone who self-coached herself to multiple half Ironmans and an Ironman. Like you have to also strength train, even if you want high endurance. So super important to always have that as a factor. It'll just look different in different stages. Um, within starting point school, I do actually recommend, like I have a list of recommendations of different workouts and trainers and programs, free, paid, all of that. So you can go, okay, I think this would fit in this season. And down the road, when I move on to these stepping stones and I want to work out like six days a week for a little bit longer, I can move on to this thing that Liz recommends. Like it's all laid out for you there. But starting at the baseline for each of these intensities, you know, your heart rate, the movements you're doing, the length of the workout, the type of the workout, when you're starting at the baseline earlier on, and again, this will differ for you, it's going to take into account how your recovery has gone, what your activity level and strength and endurance were like during pregnancy. These are all huge factors. So I can't really give you like general ideas for (laughs) what to do at three months and five months and seven months, because I don't know what your pregnancy was like. I don't know how active you were. I don't know what weaknesses you have. I think one of the best things all moms can do is get in with a pelvic floor physical therapist, pregnant or after, after having a baby. I think it's vital part of recovery. Um, even if you feel like you had no issues, it is vital to get that kind of care. If you have that ability, if you have that resourcing, um, and if someone's nearby, like go, but they will be able to guide you so much more in that. I do have an episode with uh, my pelvic floor physical therapist. It is episode number 16. So I will link that in the show notes as well. So you can go listen to that. If you want a little bit more 
just equipping a knowledge base on pelvic floor physical therapy and how it will benefit you during that postpartum journey as well. This last question here is a little bit different topic. This mama asks, why don't you share more about your faith on the podcast? Can you share what your journey to faith looked like? So I've gotten this question a handful of times over the years, even like before starting the podcast. And the reason that I don't like hone in on that and preach, preach (laughs) Jesus and all that all the time is that I feel very strongly called to not exclusively serve Christians. There are women out there that are, that are called to do it as a ministry, as a way of equipping Christians and helping you walk your walk as a Christian woman. But I feel called to serve moms who believe in Jesus, as well as moms in the secular world, moms who don't. Um, I think the picture of Jesus's mercy and grace is the exact approach needed in our health journeys. Like Jesus is the definition of tough love. He's going to shoot straight with people. He flipped tables. Like he's going to shoot straight with people, but he does it out of love. And I think there's no better picture of that than the Lord. But I don't have to constantly preach Jesus to get that message across, right? It's like by living, living by your actions versus living by your words and telling people, I think your actions speak so much more, which is why I feel called to speak and teach and equip and encourage the way that I do. You know, it's giving yourself grace because we always hear that when it comes to like health and fitness and motherhood and this postpartum journey, you got to give yourself grace, but doing it without compromise. I think Jesus is the perfect example of that and the perfect balance of love and tenderness balanced with honesty. And again, tough love and that message, that balance of the two, it's not out there enough. I think people either go strong one way or strong the other. And I think the perfect, I'm not perfect at it because I am not perfect, but I think Jesus is the perfect balance of the two, but he doesn't need to be preached for moms to experience that kind of grace and that kind of encouragement and that kind of, wow, I feel seen, but I also feel pushed a little bit beyond comfort because I know it's good for me. Um, And I want, I want all moms to feel that. I want all moms to experience that. And it's just not out there enough. And there's a big conviction in my life to step into that gap for all moms, believers and not. Um, And what better way to help moms who don't know Jesus experience his love and grace than through bettering their health and doing so on a podcast that's not like pushing God and Jesus and church in their face. Because I really, I don't know, that's just not my, (laughs) it's just not my cup of tea. Um, And my relationship with the Lord is very intimate. It's very personal. And I don't know, like I said, I just, I don't feel convicted to only serve Christians. And that's why. (laughs) So there's that. Uh, March though, March of 2023 will be my 10 year anniversary of my baptism, which is so crazy to think about. So I do plan to share an episode specifically dedicated to that huge piece of my life. Um, from being saved through the past 10 years to today. So I'll give a short synopsis of my faith journey here real quick, but I'll, I'll give like the full picture deep dive um, in March around the time of that anniversary. So those of you who want to hear it can, but I genuinely, um, like I said, 
I don't feel convicted to like only preach on this podcast and tie everything back to God and make that super clear and obvious. I think everything does tie back to God. And I'm very, I try to be very careful to make sure things I say are like biblically sound. Like I personally don't like the phrase. I almost said hate. Um, I do. It really grinds my gears. I don't like the phrase. You got this because so many times in my life, I'm like, man, I do not got this, but God's got it. And I trust that even though it totally feels way out of control. Like I do know he's got this. And when, you know, people are experiencing that a lot of times people will be like, you got this. And it's like, no, I don't. (laughs) So it's just things like that, that I'm like, I'm very careful about how I speak because I don't want to be hypocritical, but again, I'm not perfect. So, you know, judge me. You can come at me. It's fine. But short synopsis and that totally, totally tangent there synopsis of my faith journey so far. So I grew up Catholic going to church most Sundays. Um, and that's just how I grew up in college. And I didn't go much when I was in college. Um, as I got really into volleyball in high school, like that kind of fell off. But when I was like a couple years into college, I had a rough breakup. A friend invited me to FCA fellowship of Christian athletes. Cause I was an athlete at West Virginia. Um, and I went and I was like, wow, I want more of this. Like, I don't know what it is, but I'm just drawn back here. So I kept going and I kept going. And eventually I gave my life to the Lord. I chose to live for him, dedicate my life to Jesus. Um, in 2013, which was like not long after I met Casey. And at that time we were both very much babies in our faith. Again, I will dive way more into all this. I'm like brushing the surface right here, doing a little drive by. Um, but I'll do more of this in March. We were very much the babies in our faith. I was like, no, we need some time apart. Like, I don't want to date you right now. And then eventually <laughs> it was the first of many, many times when God was like, oh, you're saying no, LOL is I'm going to do the opposite of what you want. <laughs> so many times I, could, I can't even remember all of them, to be honest, but there are some big ones. Casey is one of them, <laughs> my favorite one, but, um, we ended up getting back together. I was baptized in March of 2013 and my mom was in a bad accident Memorial day weekend of 2013. So this was like, talk about a busy couple months of my life. 2013 was transformational. So I'm cu- I'm really excited to see what 2023 brings because 10 years from that. So well, I just realized that it makes me like emotional, crazy. But after that accident she had, um, I remember I called our woman's chaplain and I was just like empty at a loss. I'm, there's not really words to describe that feeling. Um, if you've ever like lost someone or had someone just in a place where you're like, I don't know what the outcome is. I have no control. I am scared. I like, she's my person. Um, that's where I was. And it's, there's no words that can describe that feeling. So I called our woman's chaplain and I was like, this just happened and I don't know what to do. Can you pray for me? And that was the night I like, really, like I stopped living lukewarm. I've really gave my life to the Lord. Um, and I haven't looked back since. So that's like a real quick drive by of my coming to faith journey, like of being saved, um, growing up, I will dive way more into how he's worked in my life. The last 10 years, you're going to get a lot of laughs out of that. Cause like I said, there's so many times I said, no, never. And <laughs> And then like a year later, a few months later, whatever, it's like, look where I am now. And I love it. (laughs) So many, even where we live in Alabama, that was one of them. It's hilarious. Got constantly like Liz, stop trying to control things. So, um, that's the kind of relationship we have. Like I said, it's super, super personal. And 
I love God. I love how he's worked in my life, but I don't feel the need to constantly bring that up here. There's so many moms that will speak into your health journey from a Christian perspective. And that's the lens through which I see everything and through which I speak and through which I live. But, um, I don't know. Like I, I just feel very convicted to serve moms in both camps, moms who believe moms who don't, because again, what better picture, what better way to experience is God's grace and mercy and love like that balance of compassion and tough love. What better way to experience that than through the words and encouragement of a believer and applying that to your health journey without feeling forced to like read the Bible or do this or do that if you don't believe. And so I I hope, I hope you appreciate that if you don't know the Lord and I hope you stick around because that's, I'm not going to change that anytime soon. Um, it's just how I feel called to serve the world. So that's that answer. All of these questions, woof, this was fun. All of these were answered in our tough love mom squad. Um, again, when the moms asked, they were answered. So the, some of these are from a few weeks ago, a few months ago. Um, so if you want that access and equipping like what you just got today and you want it more timely, because honestly, that's the most timely place I show up. (laughs) I'm not gonna show up like this on social media all the time, but I will for you tough love mamas that are in the tough love mom squad, or if you're on tough love text list. Um, but if you simply want to get your questions answered, the tough love mom squad is the place to be. So just head to the tough love mom squad.com. So you can join if you're not in there. If you joined at one point, you left because you weren't getting what you needed, come back on in. I won't even notice. <laughs> like we got, we got over five, almost 500 people in there. So mamas, just for the record, they're mamas. But, um, cause I do vet everyone to make sure you're in there with a purpose and for a purpose. So uh, come join us. Come be part of the fam. Come get on the text list. If you do not get those, just text tough love to 205-809-7300. But again, the telflovemomsquad.com so you can join in these Q&As live. I don't do live videos, but I'll do like a, a thread and it's like, hey, post your questions. Let me answer them. Let other moms answer them. And we just go at it. So we do these often and I love serving you that way. So I'll see you in there. Get after it. Before you go, thank you for spending this time with me on the Tough Love Mom podcast. If this episode encouraged you in any way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a review, letting me know how this show has impacted you. Then send this episode to another mom friend or take a screenshot, post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me on this journey to impact thousands of moms. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, sister. Until next time, get after it.